St. John's is one of the legendary names in all of college basketball. Has it fallen on tough times? Yes, it has. But now we're ready to, to fall on great times. We're ready to raise it up, raise this roof up, because St. John's is going to be back, I guarantee it. Everybody is off the floor, but had no time left. One free throw will win it, and stunned it. The senior wins it. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm Podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 94 of the Eye of the Storm Podcast. My name is David Barov, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I find myself in a very similar spot today that I did last year. Unfortunately, that's by myself talking into a microphone about a disappointing St. John's basketball team. Now, when Rick Pitino was hired, I thought a lot of that would be gone. I thought the disappointment would be few and far between. I thought year one would be smooth sailing. Now, smooth sailing doesn't mean chalk full of wins, doesn't mean everything's going to be easy, but I certainly didn't think that a team of hand-picked players in the transfer portal would disintegrate and fall apart so often that it would become their identity. This is a team that has not lived up to expectations thus far. And similarly to last year or the year before, there were expectations that were not met. This year, with Rick Pitino, a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in any sport, the expectations were there. But I think they were fair. There's a lot of people talking right now saying that St. John's fans shouldn't be upset. St. John's fans shouldn't be down in the dumps. They're saying that St. John's fans are overreacting. How are St. John's fans overreacting? How can anybody be faulted for being upset and angry? How can anybody be chastised for being upset that their team has blown constant second-half leads? Last night in Providence was no different. It was the same song and dance. It was the script that we have seen often. It was St. John's coming out the gates to start a game poorly. It was St. John's somehow fighting back and making it a game. Heck, it was St. John's taking the lead into halftime. Stop me if you've heard that before. And then they came out of the break, and they blew the lead, and they blew the game. Stop me if you've heard that before. I'm not sure how it's possible that that becomes the identity of a team. I'm not sure how a group of players collectively, continuously, no-show in the second half of basketball games. St. John's has had a halftime lead in five of their eight Big East losses. Shout out to Troy Moriello for this stat. In the first 10 minutes of the second half in those games, St. John's has been outscored 106 to 72. On December 23rd at UConn, St. John's was up 32 to 26 at half. Over the first 10 minutes of the game in the second half, they were outscored 24 to 15, and they gave up the lead in less than three minutes. On January 20th against Marquette, they were up 34-28 at the half. They were outscored 31-22 over the first 10 minutes. They gave up the lead within 6 minutes. On February 3rd against UConn, they were up by 1 at the half. They outscored by 22-14 over the first 10 minutes and gave up the lead in 2 minutes. February 10th against Marquette, up 47-38 at the half. Outscored 28-18 over the first 10 minutes. Gave up the lead within 5 minutes. 
February 13th against Providence, St. John's up by five at the half, get outscored 27 to 18 over the first 10 minutes, and give up the lead within five minutes. It's remarkable. It is remarkable that this team is so mentally weak, physically weak, and inept of holding a lead after coming out of halftime. On Tuesday night, St. John simply repeated the proverbial dance moves they have choreographed all season, taking a lead into halftime, letting it slip away in the second half, which ultimately resulted in a loss. A month ago, St. John's was tied for first place in the Big East, 4-1, and one, something they haven't done in over 20 years, and full of confidence. It feels like a fever dream at this point. On Tuesday night, Rick Petito shook up the starting lineups, trying to send a message. He put Zuby Ejiofor into the starting lineup and put Joel Soriano on the bench, something that has not happened since February of 2021. The hope was to snap Joel out of this funk. It was perhaps to send a message. It was perhaps to get him to play like his old self, like the Joel that we saw at the beginning of the season, like the Joel that we saw during that 4-1 and one stretch to start Big East play, the Joel Soriano that was playing like an All-American. Unfortunately, foul trouble not only hurt Joel Soriano, but it hurt Zuby Ejiofor in this game as well. Zuby had four fouls, Joel had five, Joel finished with nine points, seven rebounds, and it was just a ho-hum, no-nothing game for him. He was constantly beat in the second half by Josh Odoro. So was Zuby Ejiofor. And it was a rough game for the big men for St. John's. Josh Odoro basically single-handedly won this game for Providence, scoring 26 points in the second half. He had 28 total. St. John's big men were dominated by him, and Rick Pitino had no answers. There were no adjustments being made to try to stop Josh Odoro. The foul trouble certainly didn't help, and we're still left wondering as this game is over, where is Joel Soriano? What's happened to Joel Soriano? The six foot eleven Yonkers native is averaging just 11.3 points and 8.1 rebounds over his last eight games. Six of them have been St. John's losses. Over the past nine games, St. John's has been outscored by 78 points with Soriano on the floor, while it has outscored the opposition by 53 points when Ejiofor is on the court. Zuby has clearly played a lot better. Zuby has clearly earned more playing time, and he's getting it, and that's why... Rick Pitino gave him the start. He said he's been playing his ass off in practice. Yet none of them could stop Josh Oduro yesterday. According to Zach Brazillo of the New York Post, Rick Pitino considered making the move to Zuby Ejiofor in the starting lineup a few games ago, but put off the decision, hoping Soriano would, you know, snap out of it and get the benefit of the doubt. But as St. John's was reaching a desperation point of the season, Pitino pulled the trigger. And yet afterwards, Pulling the trigger has led to more questions. What will this do for Joel Soriano? Did this send a message? Will you see a different Joel Soriano through the last six games of the season? I don't know. If we're talking already about somebody who is saying that he lets the misses stay with him and he has to do a better job of not letting those thoughts and those negative outcomes seep into the following plays on the court, does benching your captain send the message that you're looking for. Patino said Joel went all out against Providence. Whether he was outplayed or not, he still went all out. If he gets back to giving extraordinary effort, that's all I want from him. I want to see him have a great end of the season. He said he wasn't trying to teach him a lesson. He's just trying to reward the guys that are going all out in practice, and that is why Zuby was the guy. At this point, where you're at in the season, Rick Patino is trying to desperately to find some answers for the majority of this season the majority of this roster 
has underperformed, underwhelmed, and has not lived up to expectations. I don't think that's unfair to say. But this team as a whole has adopted an identity of failure. This team has adopted the identity of not getting it done. This team has adopted an identity of getting outplayed in the second half. Time and time again, St. John's has had a lead and has let it go to waste. They cannot hit the big shot. They cannot stop a run. They cannot play defense. They can't get the stop when they need to. And they can't get that shot when it needs to fall. The story continues to repeat itself. Every single game seems to have played out in such a similar fashion. And that is tiring for a fan base. I'm sure that's tiring for the coaching staff. But a fan base that has been so desperate to see a winner, that has been so desperate to cheer for a winner, that is so desperate for things to change, has seen a team lose the same exact way over and over and over and over. I don't know how many times we can sit here and talk about this team losing the same way. There is something going on at halftime that this team collectively has no idea how to put it together. I don't even know if that's quantifiable. It's mental weakness. It's a lack of toughness. It is a inability to have the right pieces on the floor at the same time. It is mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. Against number one, Connecticut St. John's had the lead twice. Against Marquette, they had the lead. Against Providence, they had the lead. What's it going to take? Against Providence, St. John's held Devin Carter, who scored 31 points in the first game, to just three made field goals. If I told you that before the game, what would you have said? What would you think have happened in the game? Rick Pitino continues to harp on this team being not fast enough, not athletic enough, and at 14-11 and 11 on the season 6-8 and eight in the conference, this is a team that is continuing to underachieve. Right now, that's what this team is going to be remembered for. There are six games left in this season. Is the season over? No. Can St. John still salvage their season? Theoretically, yes. The goal has always been to get to that 19-20 win number. And is that still possible? Sure. I just don't know how they think they're going to do it. They've proven that they can't win big games. They've proven that they can't close games. They've proven over and over again that they can't hold a lead. So how do you expect the team to win five of their last six games at minimum? Is it possible? Sure. Sure, it would have been nice if you won a few games before this. You didn't squander a few leads and you didn't have to do this. But there's nobody to blame but themselves. There's nobody to blame but these players and coaching staff. St. John's lost by one to Creighton on a blown call on the road and shot two of 11 from three. They outscored Creighton in the second half, but lost. There was the no-show against Seton Hall, the one-point loss to Marquette at Madison Square Garden. St. John's had a six-point halftime lead and blew it. The disappointing loss to Xavier on the road where St. John's shot two of 14 from three. They had another lead, as I mentioned, against UConn at the Garden, but got thoroughly outplayed in the second half because they sleptwalked through it and let Cam Spencer do whatever he wanted. They blew a 15-point lead against Marquette and no-showed against Providence in the second half. There's no confidence in this team. There's not a team that is playing together. There's not a team that is desperately to pull each other through the mud and over the finish line. You're not seeing that. And that is really scary and really worrisome for a team that is this old. 
you thought that you wouldn't have these kinds of issues. Now, is this still a chemistry issue? Is this a rotation issue? Is this a Rick Pitino just trying anything that's going to work, but still not having rotation set, still not having guys in their right roles, guys like Brady Dunlap and Simeon Wilcher's minutes completely yo-yoing. Sean Conway, who's one of the only bright spots for St. John's in the game against Providence, he played extended minutes, but he hasn't really been in the rotation thus far. Joel sitting, Zuby starting, Glenn Taylor not playing at all anymore. This has been an absolute roller coaster of a season and an absolute roller coaster of moves by Rick Patino and this coaching staff trying to figure things out. And it's mid February and they still haven't. That's scary. Most good teams don't have these questions in mid February. I don't think it's unfair to say that with Rick Pitino, St. John's fans didn't think they would have to be dealing with this. But Rick Pitino in the postgame press conference continues to remind everybody that this is year one and that this team is still trying to figure it out and they're trying to build a program and he does not see it happening this year. I disagree with Rick. I know where he's coming from. He wants to build a program and he wants to build a culture, but it can happen in year one. It has happened in year one, and it's happened plenty of times in year one all throughout the country in this conference and out. So yes, it is possible. It is absolutely possible in the transfer portal. It has happened. You cherry pick your guys, and eventually you're going to have to learn your lessons about the type of guys that you brought in here, and I guess it's not working. It's really scary, again, that the identity of this team is letting opponents just absolutely bully them in the second half. Providence owned most of the second half. They won 75-72, to and St. John's lost seven of their last nine games. Patino, after the game, said, we intend to win our final six games. Okay, you're going to have to, but I just don't know how. St. John's is 2-8 and eight in quad one games and held leads at halftime in six of those losses. It's a team that can't close. It's a team that needs these types of characteristics to change in order to do anything in the Big East tournament and in March. But at this point, what are we talking about? Nobody thought we would be talking like this at 4-1. and one. You know, the score looks like the score, and you say, well, how do they get outplayed? But, you know, when you just see a guy score 26 points in the second half and you offer up no resistance, that's getting outplayed. When you're down by seven points, and you have to rely on a few jumpers to fall and let a guy go coast to coast without resistance to just whittle the game away, there is such a lack of fundamentals within this team. Getting back on defense, rotating properly, it is frustrating for this fan base to sit through another season like this. This was supposed to be different. And especially you had the first half. You know, the first half was really weird against Providence. St. John started poorly. And then at the nine-minute mark in the first half, like everything changed. St. John's just changed their defense. They went man-to-man. And all of a sudden, everything changed. They closed the half on a 23-5 run. Providence only had five points over the last nine minutes. And St. John's was up 38-33 to at the half. And again, it's just this continued theme. And I don't understand how it happens. How do you have a continued theme of being so good and figuring it out through the first 20 minutes and just completely not doing it in the second half? 
I'm sorry, I know this episode isn't giving you much substance. It's more just a constant rant of disappointment because I just don't get it. And I think a lot of the fan base is in this similar situation is that you just don't get it. You don't understand how is this happening? Why is this happening? And people are throwing around crazy things like this program is cursed. This is simply a roster that is not working right now. They're not playing well together. They are not doing any of the little things. They are not playing fundamentally sound basketball. You don't have anybody that you can rely on besides Danish Jenkins. And it's impossible to win like that. RJ Louise had a really good game yesterday, minus the turnovers. 16 points, 14 rebounds, but he had five turnovers. The five turnovers need to be cut down. It's him trying to do too much. Late in the game, he tried that pass that went over Zuby Edgeforce's head and went out of bounds in a critical time. Rick Patino said in the postgame press conference that RJ Luis is going to put him in a straitjacket. Sean Conway, I mentioned, played well, 11 points, 3 of 4 from deep. Danish Jenkins, 13 points. Jordan Dingle, 8 points on 3 to 11 shooting. Not good. Chris Ledlam, 6 points. Zuby Edgeforce had 7 points. Simeon Wilcher had 2 points and had a really nice assist, but got yanked. He only played five minutes. When he was in the game, it was him and Zuby, and they were playing really well together. We got yanked. Glenn Taylor played three minutes. The rotations are weird. The substitutions are weird. It just seems like he's searching desperately for answers, and it's mid-February, and there simply are no answers. St. John's shot 6-23 from deep for 26%. Back to their old ways of horrendous shooting. It's just not good enough. It just is not good enough and time's running out seton hall georgetown creighton butler DePaul, georgetown that's what remains quad three quad three quad one quad one quad four quad three and you need to go five and one in these games at minimum and five of those wins unless you get that creighton win are not going to be that much movement so you really got to hope for Villanova to get better. You got to hope that Xavier and Butler also continue to win games. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you don't win the games. Can you beat Seton Hall at UBS Arena this weekend? Then you get Georgetown. And then you get Creighton at the Garden. It's frustrating. This team is frustrating you beyond belief. Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And it's hard to keep the faith. It really is. It's hard to keep the faith for this team moving forward. How can you have faith in a team that has adopted the identity of not being strong enough, not being good enough, not being together enough? But St. John's season isn't over. Like I said, theoretically, it is not over, and St. John's does have Seton Hall coming up. They have Seton Hall at UBS. Seton Hall is going up against Xavier right now. It'll be St. John's against Seton Hall. UBS, St. John's will look to get revenge for that COVID no-show game. And let's see what they have in store. Then Georgetown and Creighton at the Garden on the road twice, Butler and DePaul, and finishing up with Georgetown. St. John's must get to 19 wins at the bare minimum. They're at 14 right now. That means you need five of these six. Period. End of story. Rick Pitino says they're going to win the last six. Okay. Win the last six and you'll get the fans back. But I can't fault anybody for feeling down in the dumps. And I'm sure you hear it in the tone of my voice, but it's not fun right now. And I definitely didn't think we would be here at this point this season. It's incredibly disappointing. Johnny Nation, I appreciate you sticking it out. I will see you at UBS. Not going anywhere, even how hard it is. Not going anywhere. Johnny Nation, I appreciate you. Catch you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnny's.